Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. I'm going to do the next little bit of this. So um, what future studies are out there on the meaningfulness of reversal in intracranial hemorrhage? So again, we, we, we are in the stage of the use of Indexnet Alpha in the real world where we're trying to collect as much data as possible so we can better understand this product. We're going to collect a very small amount of data in the clinical trials environment. The large bulk of the data is going to be collected in real world data. So to do this, um, I uh, divided, uh, I looked at the clinicaltrials.gov to look at studies that are ongoing. In general, when you're talking about real-world data, you can divide them into two groups, um, the ones that are registered in central registries such as clinicaltrials.gov, um, and then the unregistered ones. And unfortunately, the unregistered ones vastly outweigh the registered ones because most of the real-world data, as Paul identified, is going to come from small studies done in individual centers where an individual PharmD or a uh, nurse practitioner or a physician or another healthcare practitioner has decided that this is something that's of interest to them and they're going to make it a summer project. And you're going to get a project with 58 patients from a single center. As previously, out, previously noted, the range of outcomes that can be directly addressed in large real-world studies is limited since they're always restricted to the data at hand that is collected in the data sweep. So if you're going to do a prospective or retrospective multi-center real-world data study, you're likely going to register it because that's a lot of work. It's going to be expensive because you're going to need to talk to people at multiple centers. You're going to need to collect data from multiple centers. You're going to develop common ways for the data to speak to one another. You're going to need to be able to do the analysis on that data. Um, and so the multi-center registered real-world data studies are the ones that have the most value, but they're ones that are done least frequently. Single center or small studies, which I would encourage you all to do because it's a kind of individual commitment we can all have to build the data set, often can contain more data because you're going to spend your summer looking in patient records and you can get more granular data out of your personal review of the EPIC record uh, than is a real-world multi-center thing where they're going to try and get common data elements out of multiple different hospitals or data systems. So here's some of the ongoing large studies. This is Indexinet Alpha and four-factor PCC in patients hospitalized with anticoagulant-related major bleed. It's an electronic medical record review of patients who received either AA or four-factor PCC and examining outcome and mortality, including mortality and length of stay. And it's reported to be coming out very shortly. Final uh, primary completion date was December of 2022, and so uh, it should be available to us soon. This is it's been accepted at ISTH. There you go. It'll be out <laughs> in a few months. So if you want to travel to Montreal, feel free to go listen to it. Trial of Indexinet Alpha in intracranial hemorrhage patients receiving an oral factor 10A prospective randomized multicenter clinical trial. This is the one I was talking about yesterday. Um, it's to compare the efficacy of Andexanet Alpha against usual standard of care um, in, in per, patients presenting with acute intracranial hemorrhage and in a baseline CT scan that goes within the window within an estimated 15 hours of taking the oral factor uh, 10A inhibitor. And uh, we're anticipating recruiting around 900 to 1,200 patients. I'm indirectly involved in this, this study. 
And then here's some of the other kind of study. Remember I said the single center small study, um, and Paul focused on a couple of these earlier. So, you know, you, you have these very complicated algorithms because this is how things are actually rolled out in hospitals. And it's looking at the use of ICH management in patients um, uh, who are on anticoagulants, be they vitamin K associated or DOAC associated ICH. And this is the protocol that's being followed. Um, all I'm going to say about this study is that this is extraordinarily useful if you're looking at how individual centers implement these kind of designs, but they're not really going to speak to the issue of how well these interventions work when you apply them to broad populations in multiple different centers. Uh, and here's a case series, and this is the problem with these small studies. So this is a, this, I just picked this one out randomly. As Paul said, there's a stack this thick of them. Um, it's looking at optimal reversal for factor 10A inhibitors. There's a lot of sort of uh, of, of qualifications to the study. But the problem that in the bottom line is if you look at the fourth bullet on the left-hand side, patients received four-factor PCC prior to indexin at alpha. There were five patients. It's hard to draw any conclusions from five patients. If you look on the right-hand corner, some of the issue, right-hand side, some of the issues I identified, um, four-factor PCC doses ranged over a two-fold um, and uh, were administered over a long uh, 1.5 to 4 hours prior to indexin at alpha. So you might think, well, you know, what can I extract from this paper? Well, unfortunately, it's very useful because it's the first study that I think of to answer the question that was raised in the earlier session about giving indexin at alpha after four-factor PCC. But I don't think you can take very much from this. And so I apologize that the person who did this is in the audience. It's really focused on the specific way that these things were given in an individual center. And it's really, really hard to tease out the various bits and pieces of this. They say at the bottom, increased thrombotic risk associated with combination use. So that means, oh my goodness, should we not give indexin at alpha after four-factor PCC? You know, I don't think that a study like this, it helps us to think about it, but it doesn't provide us with any kind of definitive numbers, tiny, tiny numbers of patients. But more importantly, as Paul said, you know, these patients are on anticoagulants for a reason, so they have an enhanced thrombotic risk. They've got a major bleed, which is going to turn on their coagulation cascade. There's lots of reasons why this particular study, although I have no doubt was a lot of work for the investigators, really doesn't add an enormous amount to the literature. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.